0: Well, hey, welcome to the Making Disciples Every Day podcast. I'm Jason Dukes, and uh, on the team with Brentwood Baptist Church, I am the multiplication minister, and my compadre, Paul Wilkinson, is not with us today, uh, but he will be back with us soon. And we are with Matt and Carrie, or I am, since Paul's not here, not we, I am with Matt and Carrie Purdom. And... I, they are connected to the Brentwood family of churches in some pretty unique ways. And so I want to let them introduce themselves. And then we're going to dive in today just talking about everyday disciple making and whether it's as an individual or in groups, ways that we can be doing that in some pretty specific ways. Cause these guys have experienced some, some unique and significant and transformational uh, ways that that occurs in what they do and how they lead. So anyway, we'll get there. But you guys, Matt and Carrie, y'all y'all introduce yourselves and give a little bit of background so our folks kind of know who you are.
1: Yeah, thank you, Jason. Um, my name is Matt Purdom, and I'm the Kairos Discipleship Minister. Um, I've been here for about six years at Brentwood and uh, married to my lovely wife, Carrie, and we have four kids, four kiddos. Um, Micah is 10, Joel is 7, Noah is 5, and Lydia, Lydia Lee, is 4. So we've got four kids, full house, four is full enough. That's what Chris Brooks tells us.
2: And I'm Carrie, uh, his wife, so I too have been here for six years since we moved together. Um, And like you said, we do have four kids. Uh, I'm a stay-at-home mom, uh, homeschool some of them, uh, but I'm also an intern here for women's discipleship. Uh, That's really where uh, my passion and uh, what I love to do with with any time outside of the home is meet with women and and help them.
0: Very cool. Now, now, Carrie, I'll ask you a follow-up question to that. I know You've been an encourager. I know you're an intern right now, and I I know that that carries uh, with it different responsibilities. But I've heard through the grapevine in my time here, I've been here about four years, that there are different ladies have mentioned your name before, man, that you've been an encourager to them as groups leaders or as the way that they're disciple making. So I'm not asking you to brag on yourself necessarily, Mm -hmm. because I know you'd probably feel uncomfortable about Mm -hmm. that. But I mean, there are some other campuses, even some other ministries that you've possibly given some encouragement to, or am I just like cuckoo thinking that, right?
2: No, I hope so. (laughs) Um, I think, um, One of the things I love to do is when I get into an environment is really pray and ask the Lord to show me the women that are not only hungry to grow in their relationship with him, but who are ready to like take responsibility to start helping other women. Mm -hmm. And so it's those women that with the time that I have that I really want to focus in on them and invest in them and uh, best equip them for the work God has called them to do.
0: It's really cool. Yeah. And then that's what I'm a fan of. I'm like the distant fan of yours, I guess, in that way, because I hear of how you multiply yourself and encourage into them. And and it's just Mm -hmm. awesome. And, and same thing with you, Matt. I mean, you, you, you do that with Kairos and you, not only is it your role, like your paid job, but it is, it's really just your passion, right? I mean, like I, you're getting further education in that. You're, you know, it's something that I know is life giving to you because you've seen how life giving it is to other people. Talk a little bit about that. Like, what are you even doing your further education in, and yeah. kind of give
1: our folks a context of some of the ways that you guys are involved in this. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, currently I'm pursuing a doctorate in biblical spirituality at uh, the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary under uh, Doctor uh, Don Whitney, Donald Whitney. Um, I read Doctor Whitney's book, The Spiritual Disciplines for the Christian Life. Like like when I was 19 years old. And uh, just the way he wrote the book really just anchored me in. And what people need is a consistent, vibrant relationship with Jesus. And not only that, that's not— as sufficient enough in the sense like god has designed us to bring glory to him and impact the world and so going to share that type of vibrance that you have in your walk with the lord is with others and how do you do that by being intentional and that's where disciple making comes in where um, at kairos we really are aspiring for a culture that makes disciples who make disciples Mm -hmm. Um, and that's key for us and that's a passion of mine and Some of my schooling really helps me uh, dig down deeper in which uh, we kind of cultivate and found um, a kind of a vehicle for disciple making, which we call Bible reading groups. Mm -hmm.
0: So talk real quick. Well, I want to get to Bible reading groups, but some of our listeners, I I would hope they know what Kairos is. But some
1: of our listeners may not know what Kairos is. Tell them real quickly, what is Kairos? Yeah, Kairos, for the most part, is our um, young adult worship service. Um, as Chris says, it's our honest and unique attempt to connect with God and each other. Hmm. Um, and so Chris Brooks is our pastor. Michael Boggs is our worship minister. And we really try to cultivate a, a culture of authenticity um, with with God and with each other. It's a safe place um, to uh, to connect and relate with each other. Very cool, and it's Tuesday nights, right? Tuesday nights, seven p.m. Seven right. p.m. on the Brentwood
0: campus. So it's seven, 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 seven Concord Road in Brentwood. <laughs> and uh, you know, it's funny. I bet, um, and I, I only know of for sure three that have shown up, but in different. I used to have a vehicle that broke down all the time. Mm-hmm. Now we've gotten rid of it because it died for the last time. But when 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 we did have it um i i felt like every uber drive i would get from the mechanic into work right they would pull in but by the time we got to the church building we had already been talking about whether it was just a relationship with jesus or about their own past r- spiritual experiences and i didn't force the issue it was almost like god's spirit had ridden in the car before i even got in there and they were just welcoming of a conversation about it and even almost almost even themselves asking questions and and, um, but I feel like every Uber driver locally, I've pointed to Kairos. So yeah, I, I only, you. I only know of three that for sure made it cause we exchanged text messages. I mean, uh, cell numbers to at least follow up with each other and, and, uh, and I know that they did visit. I think one ended up hanging more around more consistently. But all that to say, thankful for Kairos yeah. and thankful for what you guys do yes. and, and uh, your leadership in that as well. So you mentioned Bible reading groups. I know that's something that you in particular, you two in particular, have encouraged and you definitely yeah. trumpet that. And it is a v- incredibly viable way, not only to experience the gospel, to experience Jesus together as a group, but to even almost encourage or provoke each other into engaging in the everyday of our lives with other people maybe who've yet to believe. It's got a great effect in the sense of how it makes us much more mindful of this mission that Jesus has invited us along into. So tell our listeners about what what is a Bible reading group and what are even some of the simple and very accessible
1: ways that they could themselves experience it. Yeah. Um, So I came across uh, Bible reading groups when actually I was studying in one of my doctorate seminars about the great revivals. And I saw how um, John Wesley, who was kind of like the great mobilizer for the Great Awakening, um, was breaking down and putting together people into smaller groups outside of church services, outside of whatever um, bigger groups that they were part of. And there was something there that I knew that our people were looking and searching, one, to know the scriptures. We're in an age of skepticism, and it is so important to them not to be tricked. And so they want to read the Bible for themselves. Two, was discovering their identity. Really being in a, and the only way you can do that is in a smaller group of people, you can become more intimately acquainted with each other and speak truth to each other and be invited to share uh, the true deep hearted concerns uh, that are really going on in your everyday life. And so, you know, I started looking, and Wesley had a group called Bands, and it would be anywhere from like four to six people that would get together, and every week they would talk about um, just a sin in their life, where they in the scriptures. Um, and it was just a safe place to read God's word together. And so, I, I thought that is something that we really need, especially with Cairo being a highly transient environment. Like you'll see people that will show up and then you may not see them weeks down the road. So we really had to create a vehicle that creates emotional attachment, a safe place, and then that values putting ourselves under God's word. And so that's where we came up with Bible reading groups.
2: Yeah, I'll just speak into having helped. Uh, launch Bible reading groups with Kairos. And then when I transitioned to becoming a women's discipleship intern, mm-hmm. uh, I continued to use the same model for women at BBC. And, um, so our larger group would gather and then we would split into these smaller Bible reading groups. Um, and I think one of the, uh, key components or things that I love most about it is it is so imitatable so anything we do in discipleship like someone else needs to be able to multiply it you know for it to reproduce Um, so we have these women they're kind of set in a pattern in a way of which they're reading the scriptures sharing authentically what the Lord is teaching them um, and then taking that outside of the group time some are doing it with their families so that's incredible to see them now take initiative to be intentional about discipling their kids Mm -hmm. you know Uh, and then I've had other women say I've started doing this with a few neighbors you know Uh, so they they have a place a training ground within the church to see something experience something that they can take outside of these walls and begin helping their neighbors their friends their family to start getting into god's word for themselves you know
0: it's a big deal and 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 you have seen it be life-giving and when i say that i think you're you've gotten to know me well enough matt to know that i'm referring to the abundant life that jesus said he came to give right like an abundant life is a life-giving life right You've seen that this is not only life-giving to the people involved. Like you just said, Carrie, it's life-giving even that they become life-givers, right? Right. Like they get to invite others into this abundant life, which provides a a really a resurrection life opportunity for them. And we're not just using churchy's words here. I mean, that's not—I don't think either three of us typically do that anyway. Like we're speaking of it just in biblical terms to say— it really does speak into, define, form, identity, security, purpose, right? It really does reach into some core concerns and questions and thoughts that a lot of people in culture are having today. And it's simple, mm-hmm. right? Like you said, it's Key. reproducible. Yeah. It's just <laughs> simple, simple, right? So so talk about, you know, we've talked about this before. I don't think Carrie, you and I have, but we've talked about it before, like I try to encourage my kids to think every time they read the scriptures, to think love God, love people, make disciples.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Every time they read the scriptures, ask the question, how's this highlighting God's love for me and calling me to love him? How's this challenging my selfishness, maybe exposing me and challenging me to love others? Yeah. How, is, how is this something I could encourage someone else with maybe as I'm a disciple making with Jesus? Very simple questions, right. right? You can read any scripture and ask those three questions. Right. And Jesus said all the law and the prophets are even kind of opened up, right? They they hang on. The Greek word that's used there can be translated either hang on, but it also can almost be hinge upon, right? Like they, they open up the scriptures. Like yeah. loving God and loving neighbor opens up what the law and the prophets, the scriptures spoke to us, right? So you've got simple questions that go along with this, and I know in different contexts, Bible reading groups, sometimes the discovery Bible study methods, I know in different contexts people use different questions. But what are some of the practices, those questions, those rhythms that you guys have found to be helpful in this Middle Tennessee context?
1: Yeah, you know, we use a couple tools, but we primarily use the Discover Bible Study uh, method. And uh, the two, three question, or I'm sorry, the three questions that stand out to us in the study um, is, you know, what does the passage say about God? Um, so there we're digging into the scripture and we're looking at the attributes of God. Yeah. So if we look at the attributes of God, therefore we can trust God in our relationship with him. We have a high view of God. And then what does the passage say about man? And that's where we find um, all of our shortcomings and our therefore our need for God. And then finally, what does the passage say about obedience? Because we just don't want to get knowledge, because if we just have knowledge and we don't decide to do something about it, it actually inoculates us to the truth. Yeah. And so from those three questions, we then develop what we call is I will statements. And we'll say, um, based on what we studied from the scripture, this week I will share Jesus with my neighbor, or I will you know, read my Bible every day, or whatever that, as we give them a time of prayer to process, whatever we believe that the Spirit is prompting them to follow in obedience. And then the, the last thing we ask them is, with what? They have learned from the scriptures and what they have decided to follow Jesus with, and obedience and their "I will" statement. We then have them: Who will you share this with? Yeah. And so, so it's designed for them to gain knowledge, but also be intentional um, in the relationship with Christ. It's good
2: yeah I was just gonna say something on the I will statement, like uh just how crucial that is, like we can sit in Bible studies yeah. but never actually be held accountable to obey the truth God has revealed to us, you yeah. know, and so when we do that, we're never going to see the kind of transformation and that life giving you know power that He wants us to have uh, for others so um i just I just wanted to highlight that how important that. That particular piece is that whatever group you're a part of, whoever's trying to hold hold that group accountable, that they actually do come back the next week and, and ask about that, you yeah. know?
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. They, so there's, there's, it's not just, well, we left John 1 last week right. and we're never going to revisit it. You, you show up again the next week and you say, well, how... How did John one, how did you embody John one? How did it come alive in your life? How did it remind you of your identity in Christ this week? Who did you share it with? Right. I mean, it's, you really do encourage each other pretty vulnerably. And yet in an, in in a, in a, um, in an edifying way, I'm trying to, there's a word I'm searching for that I actually use. I say it a lot, but now I'm drawing a blank on it, but. But, you know, it's not only something that's just this, well, we did a nice Bible study together. That's
2: right. I think we just have to protect uh, some of these groups from being knowledge-based, just yeah. totally gaining knowledge, you know, because a key mark of a disciple, I think of John eight thirty one and 32, where yeah. Jesus says, you know, to the Jews who believed in him, it's those who hold to my teachings. Those are truly my disciples, hmm. you know, then you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. Yeah. So as we actually know the truth and we live it out, our lives will be characterized by this freedom that I think becomes very attracting, attractive and appealing to those outside, you know.
0: And it's so cool, too, because it's not only freeing from sin that might be plaguing right. us. It's even freeing from insecurities that's that right. keep us from showing up completely, that's right? right. Yeah. It's freeing from in ways that allow us to love fully because we're fully loved. I mean, that that's what's so life-giving about it and the simplicity again makes it something someone can else can someone else can turn around and do pretty easily mm-hmm. in their own context whether it's in the marketplace where they work whether it's uh, you know as a mom with a, a group of moms whether it's uh young professionals that are saying man we're hanging out at the gym but after we're going to go grab a drink together let's yeah. talk let's study the scriptures like there's all kinds of ways that it isn't just a bible study it becomes something that creates community and it creates disciple making relationship. I think that's a, a, a something I just want our listeners to make sure they're hearing is that this is a way to engage not only in gospel conversation, but into disciples making disciples life. Right. And and that's what we're really hoping for and praying for.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, you know, and that's how we look at it. it's just a vehicle. You know, the way that Bible reading groups is. It's just a a way of connecting at one point during the week that leads to relationships throughout the week. You know, and and in our, you know, in our um, Kairos demographic, you know, that could be through text messaging. But what happens is in the next couple of days, the groups, many people in the group get together um, for the weekend, share what God has been doing in their life. Um, Just really a sense of family comes from. That's the way that the group is designed. It creates that type of intimacy that then speaks identity into each other in relationship.
0: It's good. It's really good. You know, so, so the, the message this last Sunday, uh, is, was about helping to encourage others to seek God. And, and so it's cool to me that in this, it's like, okay, you're seeking him. You're, we're seeking Jesus. And then we invite along others to just dive into his word with us and seek him with us. They may be believers. They may be someone who's yet to believe, um, my brother, when he was in uh, medical residency, uh, I don't even know that he knew about Bible reading groups. Um, but just the way that he and I both had been discipled growing up in New Orleans, um, two of his uh, friends who were not believers, two of the, his fellow doctors in residency were not believers, and yet the more they were around Eric, they they began to they had spiritual questions, and he just ended up saying, "Well, let's get together and start reading the New Testament yeah. together," and yeah. and and it became so life-changing for all of them, not only for Eric in the sense of how he himself was now giving of how he was seeking the Lord into them and giving it, sharing it with them, but they themselves beginning to discover some things. And and so, you know, maybe encourage our folks with some takeaways as we begin to wrap up, maybe encourage our folks with maybe some resources that you think would be helpful uh, or maybe even highlight a couple practices or just thoughts that you think would be really encouraging for our folks that are listening as they're trying to engage in gospel conversations, live disciple making life here in middle Tennessee and
1: beyond. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Jason. So if you go to kairosnashville.com, um, we have, if you check out our blog on there, um, we have one link that has a lot of our resources that we use for our groups and what we have is a group card. And so the group card shows you step-by-step how we do a group each week. Um, and that's just a simple card, nine steps. And the reason we do that is so that we can multiply our groups. So we have this set routine, if you will, that then leads to easy multiplication and just, it's just easy way of leading group life. Um, so that's, that's one way you can check out our methodology. Um, and then we have plenty of other resources that we use along with our groups. Um, but, but just by checking out Kairos Nashville.com
0: and, and real quick, there is a way through the Kairos website, if I remember correctly, where if someone wants to contact or ask a question, is there a spot where they can just like submit a question? It sends it in to someone. Is that is that right? I, yeah, I that's think correct. That's right. Yeah, that, that's, that's right.
1: right. You can you know just either if you wanted to sign up for a group, uh, we you can click on there and it'll me it will generate an email to us on the website and we'll get back with you twenty four hours. Okay, we're really good about that. And and every every podcast episode,
0: I give my email and Paul's email out so that you can obviously if if maybe Kairos isn't what you're interested in, but you want to learn more about. Just even what we're talking about today, you can email us in, and I'll give that out in just a minute. But go ahead. I I interrupted. Carrie was about to share something, I think.
2: No, I was just going to say, as far as encouraging the listeners, I mean, my life was totally transformed by someone taking time to sit with me and Mm. read the Scriptures with me. Although I'd grown up in church, and I knew I should be reading my Bible and and praying and things like that, no one had ever taken time to actually do it with me. And, um, for, for each listener, I just, if they're a follower of Jesus, he has a work that he wants to do through you. And he promises that the harvest is plentiful. So there are neighbors, there are friends, there are family members that we, if we'll be curious and prayerful, uh, that, that are hungry and they want someone to be intentional with them. And the scriptures really do have the power, uh, to transform their lives.
0: Yeah. And, 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 it's interesting. They may not, they may not articulate you know, Hey, I'm, I want to be free. Right. Like what you were quoting from John eight, they may not articulate specifically. I don't know my identity, but I'm certain, or they may not articulate, I don't have a purpose, but I want one. But those are some pretty core longings yeah. and heart cries. And so somebody may welcome us into their life searching for exactly that. This is an awesome opportunity or way to engage them in that way. Any last thoughts or any, I, have, I had one more thing I was going to throw at you, but any last thoughts uh, on that, just ways you would encourage our listeners?
1: Yeah, I think um, if you if you've never been discipled before, um, you don't have to know at it all. It, discipleship is really more caught than taught. Yeah. Um, but that first step is to reach out, you know, to one of our um, to your campus pastor, discipleship minister, just reaching out. and Say, I'd love to be discipled, um, or email us, and we'll help you get connected with someone um, in the area. It's really good. Yeah,
0: and I, I that that's a good segue because the last thing I was going to throw out to you is, you know. I am of the opinion that we've got a lot of our folks across our campuses that recognize how, how purposeful and significant a disciple making life is. And we are, we're trying to get better and better and better at equipping for that. Right. But you know, how how would you what would you say to someone that is saying simply, tell me what I could do today? Like what's a step I could take today toward a disciple making life? What's something I could do right now? And it might come back to even full circle to what you're talking about, about from the Donald Whitney book. It might come back to something you shared a while ago about how the women you've encouraged in this, but whatever it is, like what, what's that one? Okay. This isn't something I've got to go get training for. I could do this today and start engaging in this.
1: Yeah, I think the first one is just just like Jesus to, you know, inviting, mm-hmm. you know, Jesus invited those around him and the starting point could be those at work. I mean, we have so many stories in our Bible reading groups of the way that our people, they're in group life and they brought Bible reading group to their work life. Um, or they brought it like Carrie mentioned to their home. I mean, just easy way. So checking out our website, of course, to see our group structure, um, the way we do it. But it's just simply inviting, and that's that's the great thing. It's going to be messy, it's and good. it's okay. Yeah. And the more mess that you have, the more that you're going to see how much more you're going to actually learn. So um, everybody messes up and gets you know gets it wrong sometimes. That's where we really see the grace of God. That's right. Pour through. That's that's when it really gets fun. Actually. That's so, good. That's good.
2: Yeah, I would say maybe by beginning each morning, asking the Lord to say, open my eyes to see the kingdom opportunity, kingdom work you have for me Mm. today. It's good. So our eyes have to be open. They're all around us. The needs are all around us. Uh, But we can rely on him to open our eyes to see that. It's really good. And
1: and I had just one more uh, thought came to mind. And it's the question that uh, the two questions that Chris Brooks, our pastor, asks at the end of every service. Mm. And maybe for those who are listening right now, you know, really, what is God saying to you? You know what? What do you believe right now that God is putting on your heart? It could be a person, um, it could be something specific to do. Yeah. And then the next question he asks, um, he says, "Well, what are you going to do about it? what mm. comes What comes to light that you need to step forward in obedience?" It's good.
0: It's really good, and I love that because what what I really hope, just in concluding, wrapping up here, what I really hope you're hearing if you're listening today is. That this isn't a project. It isn't proselytization. It isn't a church growth effort. Growth effort. We've said this almost every podcast episode because we do want to remind you every single time we get on this that this is a life giving. This is an abundant life in Christ thing. This is this is a a real life, everyday real life thing. This is not. Some project or task, or like this is what Jesus said He would make us to become, is a fisher of men and women, and He's not even saying that's not just an evangelistic idea. That's not a I'm I'm a better person than you and want to make you a better person. That, That really is a I myself am understanding how desperately I need. Jesus, how I need the gospel of Jesus and the difference that it makes in my life and my insecurities and my fears and the things I'm not free in or the things that I'm struggling to get out of or whatever it is, however you would navigate or even articulate that. It's really is this identity that the cross and an empty tomb has secured and that you can live now from that identity. You don't have to live for it, you don't have to perform for it and you live from that, standing with Jesus and getting to make disciples with Jesus and you get to invite people into that. And mm-hmm. so I love this. I'm so thankful you guys were able to stop in with us on this because the simplicity of reading the scripture together and asking these questions and then living it together right mm-hmm. and it's, maybe it's serving a certain way together with that group because something in the text that week prompted That's you right. You know, maybe maybe it's we we love a neighbor or a co-worker that one of, that's connected to someone in the group because the scriptures prompted us to to pay attention to this thing that's right. going on. And it really is not just reading and studying the scripture. It's embodying it. It's living it together. And so that's so that's that's what abundant life is. Right. This with Jesus life. And so. I, I hope that you guys are hearing that. And and as we're talking more and more and more about just making disciples every day, we'd love to hear from you. So if you have a question or a rebuke or <laughs> or a comment or or whatever you want to send to us, uh, my email is jdukes at BrentwoodBaptist.com. Paul's is P Wilkinson at um, uh, we, uh Matt mentioned the Kairos website. You can go there and connect through there and, um Kyra'sNashville.com, i think it is and and so um carrie thanks for being with us matt thanks for being with us and we hope to have you guys on again soon and and um and you know what would be fun and i'll go ahead and just plug this so our listeners can be looking for it maybe in the fall let's plan on trying to even have several of the group leaders that you guys have walked with and maybe seen experience this you hold me accountable for this, and I'm going to make a note of it too. That'd be great. But let's plan on getting them back together in in here with us, and let's just talk about how they're seeing it, right? Like, what are some of the ways they're seeing it? Because I know that'll be a big encouragement to our listeners as well. So, thanks for tuning in with us this week, and uh, we look forward to joining you again soon. And and man, we are praying that each of us will become disciples of Jesus, who make disciples with Jesus. We'll talk to you soon.